Misfits in the Book of Mormon is now available on Amazon.com. Who were some of these misfits in the Book of Mormon, and what can we learn from them about belonging in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? And how can we fill a stronger sense of belonging with Christ? You can find out more by reading Misfits in the Book of Mormon, now available on Amazon.com. You could also check out my other books, including Oh Lord, My God, The Jesus You Need to Know, The Prodigal Son, and I Survived, Now What? Finding Meaning from Loss. Hello and welcome back to Misfits in the Church, a show designed to help individuals who struggle with belonging in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints while strengthening our faith in that church. Sometimes I think back, I, I mean, I wasn't alive during this time, but I think of when Moses forged the brass serpent and how individuals were told, hey, just you know, all you have to need to do is look. And there's so much symbolism and imagery there about following a prophet and also looking to Christ that I really loved. But I also think of, you know, a lot of times the prophets will give us things and we're going, hmm, you know, how do we, how do we feel about that? And sometimes it's our personal differences. It might be personality kind of differences or it might be that, wait a minute, what you're saying does not necessarily really feel consistent with some of the messages that I've been hearing from previous prophets. And if you've been alive long enough, you know that, that each new prophet often has a, a different kind of thing to emphasize. Um, you know, I, I still remember um, President... President uh, Kimball and Hinckley and Monson and Benson, you know, each each one kind of had their own kind of, um, you know, theme that they really focused or were centered on. And so one of these themes that's been pretty, pretty prevalent uh, as far, well, an, a topic of discussion of interest and, might I say, debate in our church is... President Nelson's admonition for us to be peacemakers. And as you could tell by the title today, one of the questions that I have for a lot of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is, what is a peacemaker? And one of my fears, one of my concerns is, you know, a lot of times we, we take this two different ways. You know, we we believe that we need to be pacemakers by being strong and enforcing our will versus, or on the other extreme, it's uh, we need to be peacemakers. We need to keep the peace at all costs and we need to, you know, not, not stir up any issues or problems. We don't ever rock the boat, essentially. And I fear that too many of us members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints have interpreted President uh, Nelson's admonition that was given in the previous general conference for peacemakers and peacemaking 
in in that way to where it's almost I and I don't hear that necessarily in this talk, but I think a lot of times when people say, Oh, President Nelson wants us to be peacemakers, I think a lot of times they they're mistaking it for the word I I think I even said peacemakers. I think that's a Freudian slip <laughs> there. But uh some sometimes when they say, Well, President Nelson has uh, you know, admonished us to be peacemakers, what they're really thinking of as peacekeepers or maybe even uh, pacifist, honestly. And so I want to, first of all, look at some of the, the change in the tone of the message of what, what I was growing up with, this kind of this notion of stand up for the truth, stand up for the right. And uh, no matter what, let the consequences follow, those kinds of things. And um, so I want to I want to play that first. And it's I talk from, I believe, 1996. Let me double check that. And yeah, that that is a ways ago, isn't it? <laughs> but it's from President Hinckley. And he was giving a devotional or address to a group of BYU students. And I have a clip here. It's a little bit long, but I want you to hear it because it really, I, I think it really helps people understand why some people in the church are confused and they're going, wait, wait a minute, do I stand for the right or do I keep the peace? And it's, it is kind of confusing. You know, some people are like, well, the prophet says keep the peace. And so first I want to play these two different clips and then I, I want to look at whether or not we can reconcile and you know what what we can learn from both of of the messages that to some people seems like they they uh, you know conflict with with each other. So here's President Hinckley's address. This stone cold sober institution, this your beloved alma mater is the place to prepare yourselves, not only for your chosen academic discipline, but in a much larger sense and possibly a much more important sense, to be a man or woman who will rise above the mediocrity of his or her surroundings and stand up for what is good and decent and right. We're involved in the same battle that went on before the earth was created. It is a battle between right and wrong between truth and error, between the design of the Almighty and his beloved Son on the one hand and Lucifer, the Son of the Morning, on the other. Stand up for truth in a world of sophistry. We are in the midst of a political campaign in this nation. As usual, we are being saturated with claims and counterclaims. It is imperative that good people, men and women of principle, be involved in the political process. Otherwise, we abdicate power to those whose designs are almost entirely selfish. John Engler, governor of Michigan, recently said, the wisdom of the ages reveals that our moral compass cannot ultimately come from Lansing or from any other state capital, any more than it can come from the nation's capital or Hollywood, or the United Nations, or some abstract liberal conception of the village. It comes from deep within us. It comes from our character, which is forged in our families and our faith, and tempered in the arena of decision-making and action. 
I encourage you, my dear young friends, to speak up for moral standards. In a world where filth, sleaze, pornography, and their whole evil brood are sweeping over us as a flood, in the first place, none of us, none of us, can afford to be partakers of this rubbish. Not one of us, neither I nor any one of you, can become involved in such things as sleazy videotapes, suggestive television programs, debasing movies, sensual magazines, so-called 900 numbers, or the kind of filth that evidently can be picked up now on the Internet and void them like the plague, for they are a serious and deadly disease. Lend your strength to the crusade against illegal drugs. They're all about us, right here among us. Their use, particularly among youth, has doubled in the last four years. Think of it, doubled since 1992. Where are we going? Lives are blighted, careers are destroyed, even the next generation is injured, in many cases beyond repair, when young people take up drugs and develop an addiction. Stand up for integrity in your business, in your profession, in your home, in the society of which you're a part. Again, it is not enough that you retreat to your private cloister and pursue only your special private interests. Your strong voice is needed. The weight of your stance may be enough to tip the scales in the direction of truth. Wrote John the Revelator, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. And so, my beloved brethren and sisters, as you begin this new year in the pursuit of studies to qualify you for your life's work, I urge you with all the capacity that I have to reach out in a duty that stands beyond the requirements of our, of our everyday lives, that is, to stand strong, even to become a leader in speaking up in behalf of those causes which make our civiliz civilization shine and which give comfort and peace to our lives. You can be a leader, you must be a leader, as a member of this church, in those causes for which this church stands. Do not let fear overcome your efforts. For as Paul wrote to Timothy, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear comes not from God, but from the evil one. The adversary of all truth would put into your heart a reluctance to make an effort. Cast that fear aside and be valiant in the cause of truth and righteousness and faith. If you now decide that this will become the pattern of your life, you will not have to make that decision again. You will put on the armor of God and raise your voice in defense of truth, whatever the circumstances now and in all the years that lie ahead. God bless you, my beloved associates, you young men and women for whom the future holds such marvelous promises. 
May your world and your children's world be the better for your presence and your leadership. So I love that address, partly because I loved President Hinckley, and I uh, really, really connected to um, you know his mannerisms. He was a very humble guy, but at the same time, he was very passionate about standing up for the truth. And so it, it was a relatively lengthy clip. I tried to condense it as much as possible, but let me go ahead and try to summarize a little bit of what he shares. I'll go ahead and put the, the link to the entire address in the show notes so that you can check that out on your own if you'd like. But he talks about standing up for that which is decent and right. He talks about the battle between right and wrong, between God and Lucifer, and we need to decide which side we're, we're going to be on. I mean, that's really decide, right? Which side you, you're going to be on. He also says to stand up in a culture of sophistry. And sophistry is a, really this intent to deceive or to make mistaken assumptions. And do we see that in our culture today? I mean, this was 1996. And, um, you know, how, how many of these themes are still relevant today in 2023? I, I might argue that they're even more relevant. It's also interesting interesting to me that he brought up, you know, politics and boy, you know, the whole, whole political landscape today is just crazy. In my opinion, he talks about the importance of speaking up for moral standards. That's something that I don't see as much, you know, a lot of times it's, well, you know, I, I believe in living a certain way, but I don't, I don't believe that that's something that we ought to. So it's, it's always kind of interesting. It's a very different kind of a approach here. Uh, he talks about speaking out uh, against illegal drug use. And I think, boy, you know, if he, if, what would President Hinckley say about fentanyl use today where it's tripled in the last two years among youth? He counseled and shared scriptures about not being lukewarm. You need our standing on the sidelines that we need to speak out for causes. Do not let fear overcome your efforts. God has given us a spirit of power and love. And I think that's going to be kind of the tie-in between all the various different messages. You know, it's really, you. sometimes it's you kind of focus on, well, do I need to stand up for the right or do I need to show love toward others? Yes. And, you know, having, I don't, I wouldn't say that it's a balance. I, I would say that we need to learn to do both things. God is a God of mercy and justice. And one of our the reasons for us to come to earth is to become more like God. And we need to learn how to how do we how do we implement both of those? I don't I don't have the answer in every situation, but I think that's that's the challenge. Um, President Hinckley also ended with talking about how the adversary really does all that he can to make us afraid to stand up for the right. And his I certainly would say uh, that is that is uh, true in our culture today, that when we stand up for the right, we feel like it's kind of like a whack-a-mole game where we're going to get, you know, hit, uh, whether it's physical or emotional. And, and we're just kind of like, wow, we just, you know, we're just sharing the things that we think are right. Why, why are we terrible Hitlerish kind of, kind of people? Um, so again, I'll go ahead and uh, share share the link to that address. It's quite a bit longer than uh, the clip that we listened to. So let's go ahead and now listen to a clip from President Nelson's conference address 
and 2023 April session entitled Peacemakers Needed. Civility and decency seem to have disappeared during this era of polarization and passionate disagreements. Vulgarity, fault-finding, and evil speaking of others are all too common. I am greatly concerned that so many people seem to believe that it is completely acceptable to condemn, malign, and vilify anyone who does not agree with them. Many seem eager to damage another's reputation with pathetic and pithy barbs. Anger never persuades. Hostility builds no one. Contention never leads to inspired solutions. Regrettably, we sometimes see contentious behavior even within our own ranks. My dear brothers and sisters, this should not be. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we are to be examples of how to interact with others, especially when we have differences of opinion. One of the easiest ways to identify a true follower of Jesus Christ is how compassionately that person treats other people. The Savior made this clear in his sermon to followers in both hemispheres. Blessed are the peacemakers, he said. Whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And then, of course, he gave the admonition that challenges each of us. Quote, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you." End quote. Before his death, the Savior commanded his 12 apostles to love one another as he had loved them. And then he added, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. The Savior's message is clear. His true disciples build, lift, encourage, persuade, and inspire, no matter how difficult the situation. True disciples of Jesus Christ are peacemakers. The Savior's Atonement made it possible for us to overcome all evil, including contention. Make no mistake about it, contention is evil. Jesus Christ declared that those who have the spirit of contention are not of him, but are of the devil, who is the father of contention. And the devil stirreth up the hearts of men to contend with anger one with another. Those who foster contention are taking a page out of Satan's playbook, whether they realize it or not. So listening to these two great prophets, to me, it's a little bit like 
you know, do I do I want pizza or do I want an all you could eat buffet? You know, I I know that's probably a horrible analogy, but I love so much and I just I, I just feast on their words and I think, man, this is this is incredible. This is exactly what I need. This is exactly what our society needs today. And so, you know, some of the things that stand out to me from his talk, not only from the clip, but just overall from his conference address, is the the importance of how we treat other people and how that is representative of whether or not we are true disciples of, of Jesus Christ. Um, you know, one of, one of the things that... Uh, and I and I love I love I love that about President Nelson about how kind he is to to people and how welcoming he is to groups that may feel ostracized and so particularly when we're thinking about belonging or or thinking that we're misfits in the church I mean President Nelson has has created great strides of welcoming and belongingness in our in our church and in our church culture. I would say things that have been badly, badly needed. Uh, one of the things that I, I kind of, you know, when I listen to it and I think, oh, wait a minute, is is contention always, always bad? And um, you know that that question kind of, kind of kept with me. And I think sometimes I'm, I'm a little too obsessive with words. Maybe I should have been an English major. I don't know. I think of some different scriptures that say, contend against none, save the devil's kingdom. And, um, you know, and then also I think about Paul's admonition where he talks about, uh, you know, we, we contend against n no one, save, but we do contend, contend against uh, principalities and powers. And, for me, that's kind of that's kind of the place where these two addresses, and and I know you know President Hinckley's was given a long time ago. I know that President President uh, Nelson, as as you know when when they're talking about current prophets, you know those those kinds of things, the current prophets' messages are to hold greater sway. But I admit, I kind of I had contention in my own mind about how do I how do I resolve these things. I I grew up in a faith where I was taught that wait a minute you stand up for the right. Now that doesn't that doesn't mean that you go around and you knock on doors and you know you you put peanut butter on the handles and TP the trees of the neighbors that don't like the the church. You know that's that's not what I'm saying, but you know being willing to lift up your voice and say hey no this isn't this isn't right. And not only in a private way but in a public way. So the way and you could Feel free to share your comments on Facebook or on Twitter if you have a different of difference of opinion. How how have you been able to reconcile this? If you have had any questions or, or concerns about this, so again, one of one of the ways that I've reconciled this is that um, you know contending for the gospel of Jesus Christ is what God wants us to do. Um, but not in a way that goes after other people. You know, our our goal, and this is this is how I feel about this entire podcast, is that I believe in 
looking at and treating other people as if they are valued children of a divine being, even God, Heavenly Father, because they are. And that's that's the really the the mixture or the merge that I I try to follow. I I don't do it perfectly. Sometimes I don't even do it well. But that's that's the principles that I try to follow is to be really careful about how I treat other people. And it's um, you know hopefully it's a last resort for me to go after people. But at the same time, I've learned over time that it's okay to say when something's wrong. I think there's a lot of also mental health challenges that are associated when we're when we're kind of like, oh, we can't say that it's wrong. You know, what if, what if you're being bullied? Uh, what if what if your child? What if your neighbor? What if your what if your neighbor? What if your neighbor's uh, disabled child is being bullied? You know, what if? What if your country's been invaded? Oh, Jerry, you know those those are extreme examples. Well, I don't know. You know, I don't I don't know anymore. What's an extreme example? It seems like in our society, it's there's so many extremes. I I almost don't count anything out. But yeah, is there bullying? For sure. Yeah, and bullying is wrong. And and being able to come out and say that certain kinds of things are wrong, whether they're behaviors or actions or uh, policies, um, you know, there's, I don't think that's the spirit of contention as long as you are following the guidelines, the principles, the commandments of God. Again, we are to put on the whole armor of God. We do go into battle as disciples of Jesus Christ. We are to stand up for what is right. And I but at the same time, we are to do it in a way that shows love toward people. You know, it's that whole dichotomy. Well, is it justice or mercy? And the answer is yes, it's both. For me and my house, I believe that we will serve the Lord. And I believe that we need to do that by standing up for what is right while loving other people. If you have the magic sauce, how do you do it? How do you know how to do that? How do you know which side of the spectrum that you're on? Leave me some comments on Facebook or Twitter, and I hope that you have a wonderful day. Take care. Bye.